0: Uh, out there, just a little bit. Take your Bibles. I don't know where we're going to head up. Uh, go to, go to. Uh, we're, we're still looking at. I was looking to do something else, and I, I couldn't, man. I just kept thinking about it. kept thinking about it. kept coming right back to this. coming right back to this. And really, uh, brother, the uh, I, I called several pastors, and and just was talking to them in general stuff. And it's amazing how how uh, something is going on in our country right now. Uh, pretty much in, in churches, all or Bible-believing churches everywhere, uh, there is a. It's not a discontent. It's just it's like a, it's like an antsy. Everybody's antsy. They're just getting real, real antsy. And uh, uh, I even I've called a couple preachers and they said, "Look, brother, uh, we think the Lord is coming back real, real soon." Uh, the devil. It's like he's he's doubling down in so many different directions that it's unbelievable. And uh, I was take your Bibles real quick. I'll tell you what. Go to go to First uh, Samuel. First Samuel, I think it's like 22. Let me get there myself before I say it. might be 28 do, 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 do. Oh yeah, go to 20, 30, 30. first go to 30. Thank you all for uh, uh, the pastor appreciation uh, uh, party Sunday night. that was a blessing. Uh, I do appreciate everything and all the gifts and everything everybody gave. It was a, it was a blessing. So, uh, I did have to talk to Elizabeth just for a bit, but uh, then when I come out, everybody's gone, but the cake was still there. Ha ha, that was good. Uh, verse 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 1, and it came to pass, and this isn't the message, but it's, I, I heard uh, somebody, well, I'll, I'll say it in a second. And it came to pass when David and his men <laughs> were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the a- Amalekites, Amalekites, uh, Amalekites, had invaded the south uh, and Ziklag, spent in Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captive and were uh, uh, that were therein and slew, they slew not any either great or small, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned uh, with fire, and their wives and their uh, sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David. And, and the people that were uh, with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken uh, captive, and uh, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Now, I, I, because the soul of all the people was grieved at every, uh, uh, every man for his sons and his daughters. Now, there's 600 men with David at this point. And, uh, and they, they went up to fight with uh, the Philistines, and the king sent them back, and uh, they said, no, 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 you can't go because you're a Jew, you're a Hebrew, uh, you killed your 10,000, Saul killed his thousands, and, and what better time for you to turn back to God than right there? Uh, and, and they were right, they were right. David would have probably went up, and, and he wouldn't have been able to go against God's anointed, and, and so he would have got right back on Saul's side at that moment and been on Israel's side. And they were probably pretty much right. So they sent David back, but when David got back, the, the city that the uh, king gave him, uh, Ziklag, was burned with fire. And you go back there uh, in, in uh, chapter 20, I think it is 22. God gives uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, I think it's 22. It might be, it might be, it might be. Yeah. Verse uh, uh, 22, verse 1 says, And David therefore departed thence and, and escaped to the cave of Dullam. And when uh, his brethren and his father's house heard it, uh, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in uh, debt, and everyone that that's pretty much everybody. Uh, that's, that's us today. And everyone that was discouraged or discontent gathered themselves uh, unto him, and he became captain over them. And then... Uh, and." And there were with him about 400 men at that point. So when he gets over to Ziklag, there's 600. And that's probably one of the hardest things you could ever even imagine is coming back home and everything's gone. All all the stuff that you've worked for your whole life, just gone in an instant of time. Your kids are you're burned up your, or your houses are all burned up. You have no idea really what's going on. You can't even figure out. I mean, you look at that thing and it's like all of a sudden it's just the, the pressure of everything just drops down on each of those men, 600 of them at one time. And the, the focal point is David uh, and they're going to blame David, but it's really not David's fault. It's not anybody's fault. Uh, it, is, it is just a thing that happens in life. And, and I don't want to say it's okay for 600 people to die. They had tsunamis overseas. I've been looking at some of that stuff here lately. And, and you just watch some of that stuff, and people are sitting there, and a, a big wave, an earthquake happens out in the middle, and, and 200,000 people die. You say, well, is, well, yeah, but could you imagine what the 200,000 or the people that are left feel about their family? There was people that said they looked for their daughter and couldn't find her and never did find her. I mean, it's just an amazing thing when you, it's, when you hear that. It's a heartbreaking thing that all these people, 600 of them, 600 lost everything, their family, their wives, their riches, their wealth, everything's just gone, just gone. Well, I came up, we was working over here at the apartment, and, and Brother Jake was upstairs just having a good time. and he, I mean, he was up there uh, singing and ha- shouting and having a real good time, praising God and all this other stuff. And uh, as he was up there singing, uh, I heard uh, he had Jim Lentz on. And Jim Lentz was, Brother Pastor Jim Lentz was preaching on that discontent package, passage there. And he was staying back there and he was talking about a certain man. But uh, as he was going through that thing, he was, I said, hey, brother. I said, uh, what is that message? He goes, I'll send it to you. So he sent me the copy of it. And I, I got a couple of little brief things out of it. But uh, really, it's not for the message tonight. It, what it is kind of. Uh, those men, all of them were, were started discontent. I mean, they were just... They were broke, they were in debt, they were discontent, they were discouraged. They came to David, got some encouragement in the thing. And then all of a sudden some things started happening in their lives and they didn't really catch what was going on. I like, Brother Lynch said this, he goes, you know, that's like the local church. He said, it is where you see everyone at their worst. Do you realize that amongst us, brethren, we're here all the time and and it's easy to pick out things in each other's lives that, that... that would bring out the worst in anybody. And you see, but that's a family. That's just a family. I'm sorry. That's just what we are, man. I mean, I, I was raised with brother. My sister threw me through the window. I still loved her. <laughs> I mean, my dad beat me up. I still loved him. I mean, I still loved him until the day he died. I mean, I got grandpas, and I, I never got to really meet my grandpa. My mom said my dad's dad held me one time or twice or something like that, but I don't know. I mean, I got aunts and uncles. They're a bunch of drunks, and, and uh, Aunt Maddie, Hattie, Dorothy, Maddie, all of them, they loved me. I loved them. They were good. Hattie let me come out to her house and spend the summer. I mean, I had good time with all of them. Uh, they were families. You know what? You just kind of overlook all that stuff sometimes. You just let it go because what? The, the, the other, other thing you've got, the other option is the world. I don't want nothing to do with the world. So, so Jim Lynn said this. He goes, the local church is where you see everyone at their worst. You get people that are distressed. Brother, I'm telling you what, I've watched in the last month or two just, just the thumbs go down on people. And there's, there's a way to get through all that. There is a way to get through all that. And, and as I was listening to that message, something else started popping into my mind. I'm like, here's David down at Ziklag. They're looking at this place all burned up now. I mean, total destruction. If you go out there and look at Japan, Japan was sitting there, they had a nuke reactor that actually <laughs> fell apart because that tsunami came in and messed up some, took the generators out. And then they lost power and then it overheated and then it just started melting down. And all that stuff and all the people that died, and you see the destruction and everything else, I mean, it's all, it, it is all stricken at that point where you're sitting there looking at it, and sometimes you just you, you go back and you don't know how to respond one way or the other. You have no idea. And you got a whole nation like that who doesn't. Then the whole world starts getting into it, and they don't know how to respond, and they're in distress. Distress will, distress will change a lot of things in people's lives. And sometimes we don't understand what's going on in other people's lives, but it's going on in their lives. But you know what a church is? It's a place where you come and you get a little relief, just a little relief. They all got relief by going down and seeing David. Until Ziklag. <laughs> he said, and they're in debt. They're broke, man. I mean, they lost everything they had. The city's taking all, the country's taking all, taxes are high. Uh, keep everything going. And then they're discontent. They weren't happy where they were, so they go down there and David's there. Uh, I, I put a little note down here. It's not a time to quit. You know why, that when I was listening to Brother Jim Lynch, Dr. Jim Lentz, say that, I was, as soon as I thought of it, he was preaching back in 20, I think it's 20, 21, something like that, and I was out in 28, and I was thinking about Ziklag, and I said, you know what? When that thing happened, what they didn't realize is God is in control. No matter how bad it gets, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, God is in control. The Lord is in control, or He's not. I personally think He's in control. David is sitting there, and if it wasn't for David, they'd have never caught the thing. They'd have probably killed David, and it had been all over, and they'd all scattered. But David got the, the uh, ephod and, and from Abiathar, and then they put it on and said, Lord, shall we, shall we go? I don't know what to do. What shall we do? And he said, go. He said, you're going to recover all. Within two or three days, they got everything back that they lost. They got it all back, plus some that they could be blessings to everybody else. They got all their wives back, all the kids back, all the other stuff back. Then the sons of Bilal. Have you ever caught that? David was hanging out with some wicked men. He had wicked men under him. And they said, oh, well, 400 of us went out here and we fought the battle, but these other 200 this week, they couldn't do it. No, we're all equal, man. Every one of us here, we're all equal. We're all in this thing together. There's not anyone any better than anybody else. We're all in this thing Together. Together. You know what the devil will do? I've watched it, man. He'll put his thumb down and he'll get this. I, I was sitting here talking to a brother of mine. I said, look, I said, it's like it's here and here. There's nothing common. There's nothing, no common tie point to anything. He goes, brother, it's happening here. It's happening everywhere I go. I'm thinking, what is that thing? It's a, it's a devil putting his thumb down on the churches trying to get them to stop. Why? We're, and almost every one of those pastors said the same thing. Brother, I think it is getting really, really close. Because the devil's trying to stop it. Whatever he can do to slow us down to do it. Uh, It's not time to quit. It's not time to quit. Uh, You know what what got David through that thing? In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God rested on David, and he could have lost it, but he never did. It stayed with him pretty much the whole time. I can't see any point where he ever lost it. But he could have. In the New Testament, we can't lose it. You know what David did? He got the ephod, and he went to that ephod, and he said, Lord, what shall I do? (laughs) I don't know. You know, the Bible says it's not in man to direct his step. Jeremiah says that. You can't direct your steps. What will happen is you'll try and you'll get your flesh involved and your flesh will. I know, you know, how do I know that? Because I do it, man. I don't know if you've ever read Romans where Paul says that I would do, that I do not, that I would not, that I do. Oh, wretched man. That's me. If I do it my way, that's how it's going to work out. It's going to work out wrong. And I'm learning at 66. You think you could learn this at 25, but I've never figured out. If I could go back, I'd still probably wouldn't have learned. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I just need to stop and ask you what to do and, and then do that, whether I understand it or not. Now, now, the Lord was gracious to David and said, go and you will recover all. But, he, but David and his men, he, he had to encourage them guys and pump them back up and say, look, guys, okay, it looks bad now. It looks bad. But God's got a greater plan. You know, in a lot of our lives, I was talking to one friend of mine. He goes, "I said, brother, I said, I said, I've been to that thing about sick. Like, I said, yeah, in a couple of days, he's going to get everything back." He goes, "Ben, if it's been a couple of days, he said, I'm already in this thing five days." <laughs> I was like, "He's already been in the, in the thing where he felt like everybody's going to kill him for five days, or or the whole thing's falling apart for five days." And I'm sitting there, we're we're sitting there, kind of laughing at the thing. But the the trials and tribulation, you know what you need? A good dose of the Holy Spirit. What we have done and what the devil has done is he's, he's imitated the spirit of God in our lives. And the main things that God has given us to get us through this life was, number one, was salvation. I got that. Uh, all the stuff he gave us at salvation, that you learn about that thing. But you got then he gives you a church to be part of, to be in it, so that you can get through this thing called life. Life is crazy, man. I mean, it is insane. We got young people getting married. We got another young couple that just got engaged. I was told I could say this about you two. Y'all want to give up and get a testimony or anything? Okay, man. <laughs> but it's, 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 we, have a, we have a young couple getting married in a couple weeks, and then we got another young couple that's going to get married probably in a couple weeks. <laughs> It's hard telling when they get married. Me and Beth, we, we met each other, and we would have been married. We, it took us six months to get married. We would have got married a lot sooner, but I was in Norfolk. She's here in Dayton, and it was kind of a distance thing there, that, and, and we had to find the right opportunity that we could get together and, and actually get uh, somebody to actually go on out to 50 p 5 4 it But we got that done, and, and then we got married. It took us six months to do it. And uh, I'm telling you what, if you find the right one, it's no use even waiting. I'm not telling you all to get married Sunday or anything. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I mean, if you find the right one, just go headlong into it, and you're done, man, and just start doing it. You know what a blessing is to be able to help them? You know what this world is not doing today is helping them. Not helping them get on their feet, not helping them stand up. The church ought to be the first thing that would help these young. You know what we're missing in churches today is young people. Why? Because we're not helping them, man. We're just, hey, you're on your own, man. See you later. Bye. They don't work that way. Well, I tell you what, 20, 30 years ago, it worked that way. I could go out 20, 30 years ago, work two jobs, make all kinds of money, buy a house. Everything was dirt cheap. You go out there now, man, it's insane. You got a plan. You got to make some plans. But, anyways, take your Bibles, go to uh, Luke 24 49. We'll look at a couple of verses. I won't be long. Luke, the Lord is sitting there talking to him, and the apostles are sitting there, same way as David's men were, kind of, kind, of, kind of stunned. They don't get everything the Lord is saying because the Lord hasn't risen. When, you would think that they would understand what he said. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. He brought the, widow's Nain, the widow of Nain's son back from the dead. Uh, he healed a, 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 a blind Bartimaeus. isn't blind no more. The maniac of Gadara isn't a maniac. Well, I don't know. They probably still think he's a maniac because now he's preaching Jesus. Uh, and that will make you, everybody think you're crazy too. But that's okay, man. I mean, everybody that Jesus touched, he healed. Uh, lame people walked again. Uh, lepers were cleansed. All kinds of stuff went on and on and on, and you would think that the disciples would have got a hold of that, and they didn't. I mean, he's dead. They think he's actually dead. Well, he was dead. His body was dead, but Jesus was never dead. Jesus can't die. But they were sitting there in their mind. They got so distressed in what they thought was going to happen, and when Jesus did what he was going to do, when the Lord did what he's going to do, and died on that cross and, and took that, uh, our sin like he took what he did was he started a process that nobody else could even understand. And you have got to get to the point where you trust him. Whether you see it or not. It doesn't matter what you see. It matters what he said. That's all that matters. And sometimes what he said makes absolutely no sense in your life. You know what you need to do? You need to do what they did here. Luke, I'll tell you what you do, man. It's easy. The book is an easy book. It's an easy book to, if you just read it, but see, our flesh, we think we know. I know the Bible. like I know people who know the Bible like the back of their hand, and they're biblical morons because they've never applied this thing to their life. It takes time. Brother Joe is teaching a class in there, and I'm going to get to that verse. But he said, uh, he's, uh, Paul says this. Let me see if I can find the verse. It's a great verse in Galatians. Uh, it's, right about, right about, it's right about somewhere. Galatians 4.19. Paul says this. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Recently I had somebody say, well, I got just as much Holy Spirit as you do. You're absolutely right, you do. The day you got saved, the day I got saved, you got just as much as I got. Guess what? He wasn't formed in either one of us. And I've been doing this thing for 43 years, and maybe he isn't formed quite like he should be, but he's formed a little bit more than somebody who just got saved yesterday. And and what he, it's like a, it's like <laughs> Uh, Dr. Roman used a glass jar, which I guess you could use it. You put a lid on, put some water in there, you put heat to it, and the steam fills the glass up. It fills it up inside until it pops and blows up. Which that'll do too. Don't ever put an egg in a microwave. That's the worst thing because an egg is like this, it's wet inside. And if you put that thing in there, it explodes all over the inside of a microwave. And it just, so sometimes the container itself can't hold it. So the Lord is gracious to us and He knows how long it takes. But that thing has to fill you up. It's like a balloon inside, it's a little bitty thing, and it... God starts blowing it up. <laughs> and it fills up your two fingers and all this other stuff. And that's why some people run aisles and get all excited because they get a feeling, they get a, a fullness of the Holy Spirit working in their lives and brethren, it happens a lot of different times, different ways. And sometimes it's greater, and sometimes it goes back, and then you, you get another feeling. I've seen people do crazy things. I've seen a pastor one time jump up in the middle of a service. I would have never thought in a million years he would have done that. Never thought in, a, in, a, in one iota that he wasn't a man of God. Never thought that, but I seen him jump up out, totally out of character. You know what he got? He got a good feeling right there in the spot. The spirit sometimes, he, he, he's level in our lives, and all of a sudden one time he'll spike way up. And sometimes he'll disappear out of our lives. He's there, but he'll feel like he's not there no more. And those are the times where you got a Bible in your hand where you have to say, Lord, what should I do? What, what in the world? I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm stuck. I, I, I know, I know what you said. And what you said is everything. And it doesn't make no sense to me. And he says, right here, he told these guys, uh, Luke, Luke, uh, Luke, 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 Luke. I mean, I've been lost my place here. Luke, 24:49." He's sitting there talking to his disciples, and uh, he's risen from the dead. (laughs) They haven't still got what they need yet, but he goes right here. 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of the Savior upon you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. Go to Acts 2.4. So he gave them a a commandment. He told them what to do. Uh, They either do it or they don't. Uh, Guess what? you got a book that's full of commandments, You either do them or you don't. People say, well, I I can do it my way. No, 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 you can't. Uh, You do it his way. His way is always the right way. Sometimes, you know, your way actually lines up with his. It's an amazing thing, man. Sometimes you actually walk with him long enough that you see something, and you go, I really should not do that. I should do that. Some of those decisions are pretty basic as you grow, but some of them, after a while, man, you got to sit there and say, Lord, what do we do? What do we do? What do I do? What 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 would you have me to do? And sometimes you call somebody and say, well, look, what would you, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And they give you a little advice, but you still got to make a decision based on the word of God, what you're going to do. Luke, Luke chapter uh, two, verse four, interesting, interesting portion of your scripture. It says, and uh, verse one, actually, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the apostles all were together, the, the Paul was out, I run around. I'm, the more and more I read this thing, and I'm reading it more and more, I'm getting the strange feeling that Paul was probably there uh, in a lot of Paul's ministry or Jesus' ministry, walking around the streets with the Pharisee scribes. He could have been some of those scribes or the Pharisees that was mention, mentioned, uh, never by name or anything else. When, when some of them were mentioned by name. I got the strangest feeling because the way the Lord said, Hey, Paul, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You know so many times we kick against the pricks of God for a long, long time before we get it? I don't know about you, but I have. I'm sitting there going, Lord, how come I didn't? Because you was kicking against the pricks. I tried to show you, 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 and you just wouldn't listen. You wanted to do it your way. You think somebody says something, and I mean, uh, 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 I got to cite good preaching uh, from uh, Brother Jake, and I went out there, and there's a lot of old preachers there, man, a ton of them. That site is no longer updated. I guess the guy who was doing it passed away, but the sermons are all still there, and he's going to keep them there. And, and I mean, there's just tons of preaching up there from guys that uh, it probably wouldn't hurt you to go out and listen to some of those men, because most of us wouldn't be able to sit under some of those guys. Jim Lentz, pfft, man, that guy, uh, he's, 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 he's worse than Dr. Roman. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he'll say things that'll offend you in a heartbeat, yeah, offend you. I mean, it'll just flat offend you. But the guy was in a war zone, and he he was talking in this one message. He was over in Vietnam. And he died Agent orange got him, but he was over, he said, look, he said, well, you know, these, these uh, Butter Bar lieutenants, which I know exactly who he's talking about, would come in and they'd all try to make a little name for themselves and do this and do that. Well, we know this and we know this and we know this. Yeah, but you're an idiot, man. I want some old chief out here, some master chief or some, some old uh, warrant officer. Somebody's been around for like 100 million years. Who knows how this all works? And he goes, he got over there and, and he goes, this little bitty guy from North Carolina got in his face. And started yelling at him. He goes, you know what I don't like? I don't like. So he said, man, he said his, 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 bat, the, the, his hat when he put it on uh, was down like this. You couldn't see his face. And he'd get up to Jim Lindsay. He goes, "It's like right at my chin. He goes, I couldn't even see the guy's face, man. He goes, I don't like people with red hair. Well, his hair was red. He was, you know what he did? He just stood there like that. He goes, that guy right there, like, he said, I need to get through Vietnam alive. And that guy, he goes, these other guys are going to last about two weeks and they're going to die. He said, that guy's going to get me through. You know, when I got in the Navy, I went to boot camp. I'm with 90 morons. I'm looking around. I'm like, you guys are all idiots like me. I said, that's a senior chief right there. I thought he was God. That's a senior chief. That's like a guy that's way up the chain of command. That's him right there. That's who I want to be one day. And if I want to be one of them guys, I need to listen to that guy. I don't need to listen to you guys. You guys are all idiots like me. None of you know how to be like that guy. Only that guy can make you like him. He'll show you the way. And I'm like, hmm, you know, there's a lot of people who made rate in the Navy uh, and did the right things and in the right place at the right time who should have never made rate. They didn't have a clue what they were doing. They weren't team players. I learned that a long time ago. They just weren't team players. But the Lord said right here, when he gets into this passage right here, verse 2, he says, and at the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all together. Uh, they were all within one accord in one place. One accord, that's the biggest blessing you'll ever have. Uh, they didn't say they all agreed with each other. It's just they were in one accord. They were sitting there all saying, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened here in the last couple of weeks, man? Everything just fell apart. It's all going down to tubes. It's all Did y'all hear that thing today, the, uh, the sirens go off? You know what that is, don't you? That's telling you that whenever Russia shoots us with nukes, man, they're going to sound that thing off. And now all of a sudden everybody, you won't freak out, man. You go hide under a desk or something until you see the flash of light and it takes you out anyways. Or the whole building falls out. You think a little school desk is going to hold the top of the roof up off, off of you? I don't think it's going to help. You ever seen a, a houses when a nuke bomb goes off? I mean, they just go boom. I mean, they just go away. Ground zero is terrible, man uh i mean it's just one of those things you say "Well, I, I don't care i think the god of this earth will do right i think the lord will always do right i don't have to worry about it. it's in his hands you know what what our problem is a lot of times we worry about things that doesn't need to be worried about i can't change the sun i can't change the moon i can't change the stars i can't change the air you breathe well i can i can start my car up <laughs> they say puts carbon monoxide in the air Get an electric car, man. You, you save the planet, I guess. I don't know. But I, I mean, you can change the air. I can do that part. Uh, I, but there's some things you just can't have no control over that you, you have to learn. It's a learned thing. You have to learn to trust him. He told them to wait. You know what they all had to do? They had to go somewhere in turmoil and wait, he told David, he said, go. But those guys were ready to kill him. And just within a couple days, this is what I'm going to tell you, just within a couple of days, they were going to have more than what they ever had before. But it looked like they lost everything. It looked like the whole world was gone. It looked like everything. But you can't say that when God is involved. When the Lord Jesus Christ is involved, the Holy Spirit is involved, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You just trust him. Okay, Lord, I don't know exactly what's going on here. Can't figure this thing out. Don't even know if I want to try to figure it out. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to go along for the ride. I'm going to sit in the back seat and try, which I don't do very well, keep my mouth shut. Beth cannot do that. If the steering wheel is on her hands, if I ever get another car, it's going to have steering wheels in the front and in the back. It's going to have steering wheels everywhere and brake pedals. Not that they work, but she just needs to have one in her hand. I had another friend or a guy who was acquainted the same way. Uh, if he didn't have the steering wheel in his hand, he was a, just a freak, man. But anyways, uh, as you go on, it, it, he says the fulfillment. He says abide, uh, verse, uh, verse, three, and there appeared, verse three, unto them, cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon them. In verse four, and they were all filled with Holy Ghost. So the Lord told them, you need that fill. You need it now, brother. I'm going to tell you, you need it. You, it isn't. It isn't a request. It is a need. And the, the greatest thing you'll ever realize is like what Dr. Lin said when he was over, over in Vietnam. He said he looked around. He knew that that gunny was going to get. He said that guy had done been through the war four or five times. Had done had four or five tours in Vietnam. Boy, when I was on a ship, I met Master Chief one year. I wish I, I needed to get a picture of that guy. That guy was one of the most gnarly guys you've ever seen. He, he smiled at you and his teeth had anchors in them. Fouled anchors right there in the teeth. Etched in. He had a dentist. He must have paid big bucks for that. Either that or somebody knocked his teeth out and they replaced them. And when they replaced them, they had an exit. He just said, put them in while you're doing it, I guess. I don't know. I never asked him if they were false or whatever. But but I mean, that guy had, he had anchors tattooed in his earlobe. He didn't have no gauges or nothing. I mean, he just had anchors. The guy was ate up, man. Just ate up riverboat captain in Vietnam, go up there, and the the, the North Vietnamese is shooting bullets through the boat at you. I mean, you're sitting there, you're just going up dropping Navy SEALs off, doing whatever, and trying to get back, and and just dealing with that stuff constantly. If you're going to go through something like that, you know what you need to do is get behind a guy like that. That guy can get you through. How do you know? Because he got himself through. If you don't have the experience to get through something, sometimes you need to stop for a minute and say, okay, Lord, what do I do? You know what the Lord will do? He'll stick you someplace where you can get it until you can survive, until you can. It's like a baby. He shows us with life. It's like a baby. And like that verse in there says, until Christ be formed in you. You need to get to a place where it's safe and secure and you can be taken care of until that thing comes growing inside of you where you can walk on your own two feet. I've seen people of old age that can't do that. They never got to that point. They just did it. They both, both, like a bull in a china shop, rushed through stuff, and they did what they wanted to do. But that wasn't God. And, and the whole thing falls apart. And I don't like it when it falls apart, man. I like to win, 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 win. So he says, go and wait till the Holy Spirit comes. Then you know what you need to do is learn how to wait. Be patient, be still, and know that I'm God. You need to sometimes just chill out. I'm, I'm learning that right now. I'm learning that. I'm sitting there going, hmm This place is crazy. And I'm crazy, too. But I'm just about crazy enough to believe that somebody has a plan to make this whole thing work. And I need to stop and figure out what that plan is. Because I can't figure it out any other way. It's not my plan. It's his. Uh, We try to make our plan. You know, the craziest thing about it is it's God's plan. God already has a plan. It's his plan. And when we do something other than what his plan is, we go against him. You know, you're a Christian. You got saved. Well, I I better go on. Sometimes the crisis in a man's life is not when he receives Jesus Christ. Man, I remember. You remember when you got saved? I remember that back porch that night. I, I didn't know I got saved that night. But boy, I had one of the best nights of sleep ever in my life. I went back to sleep. Didn't care about a thing, man. I woke up for the next two or three weeks. I really didn't care about nothing until the guy came up and asked me to go out and smoke a joint. That stopped me because I hadn't done that for three weeks. And I'm thinking, what in the world happened? I'm like, Roth, got to go talk to Roth, man. Roth knows everything. He's a Baptist preacher. Oh, Beth showed me this this, uh, 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 joke that Brother Spurgeon sent her. Shows a Catholic priest and and he has this little uh, thing on, he's, he was going to explain to a bunch of teenagers or kids, kids, what the vestments were, you know, the, the way they dress and all this other stuff. And he looks at the, the class and all the little kids are there and he goes, now do y'all know what this little white collar, y'all know the little white collar that goes in between here? He goes, y'all know what this little white collar's for? And one of the kids raised his hand. He goes, what? He said, to keep the tea, fleas and ticks down for 30 days? <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's exactly it, man. I mean, none of that stuff makes any sense, what they do. But they do it anyways, and they they go before you, and all this other stuff. And and a lot of times preachers do the same thing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't. They won't follow this book. I had a preacher friend call me and ask me some stuff about somebody. I said, well, I I, I wouldn't do this or that because the the people that you're thinking about or or asking about aren't following that book. He said, thank you, brother. I'm done. I called him back today and I asked him again, and I said, look, I didn't get in your way. No, 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 no. He said. I knew you had experience with some of these people, and I want to know what's going on. You told me. I'm done with it. You know what? Brother, I want somebody who has a book in front of them, and this book is what guides them through their life, and and it takes you time to understand that. I don't read this book to go out and tell everybody, I read my Bible four times a year. I started the fourth time here just the other day. What I'm doing is I'm reading this thing four times a year to get it in my head because this world is going crazier and crazier and crazier, and I need more and more time. You know what I found out is the Lord's waking me up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm down there reading my Bible. Or I read it. I've made a deal with him that I'm not going to sit by the pulpit. And I said, look, I'm, I'm tired of this waiting a day or two or missing a day or two. Now, if I have to read everything t- today, you know, the Sabbath. Sabbath's on Saturday. Ours is actually on Sunday. So uh, you know you're supposed to gather as twice as much on Saturday as you are Sunday, so I read my Bible twice as much. I read I read it uh, what it would be equivalent of eight times a year on Sunday, on Saturday, so I can have my Sundays free. I have to do that on Wednesdays sometime too. I'm like Lord, but while I read this thing, I'm starting getting these stories. I'm like Lord, these men, those that depended on you, you led, and those that didn't, you didn't. And I said, and there were some in there that got a little peace every now and then. And then they went back to doing what they did. And I said, and it worked out bad for them. But those that listened to what you said do and did what you said do and continually did what you said, like David. You wonder why David was a man after God's own heart? Abraham was a friend of God. Noah found grace in the side. You know why Enoch walked with God and he was not like, because God took You know why all those guys did that? But you know why God did that in those men's lives? is because those men got a whole 24-7 every day of their life. They, they tried to get the Spirit of God to move in their life. Every day. You can't just get him one time at salvation. Salvation, sometimes the crisis in a man's life is not when he receives Jesus Christ, but it's when he comes to the place where he is saved where he is saved, where the Holy Spirit brings him to the point of surrender. Your life goes off to the wayside. You know what Jesus Christ was? He was a servant. You know what he was teaching you? Your life has to go off to the wayside. It has to go off to the wayside. It's not about us. It's about him. Your life has to go away. Your life is in the way. Your life is in the way. You say, oh, that's me. No, I'm telling you, that's Bible. I'm not saying he, that applies to me as much as it does anybody else. You know what a good wife is? A good wife is a woman that lets go of her life and serves her husband. You say, you male chauvinist pig. Well, my wife made me that. I mean, that's, that's, you, you say that's cruel. That's not cruel. Eve, Eve was supposed to do that. He ate the fruit. I'm not even blaming her and Adam. I mean, he trusted her. She just got, she got duped by the devil. You go all the way to Abigail, all of them, man. Every one of those good, bad sheep, I think every one of them uh, had problems in their lives as they go on. But, but there's Ruth, the Moabitess. I mean, there's, there's points in their lives where they got an opportunity to do something, and they seen the value of what they were, Rahab the harlot, she seen those two guys coming in. She goes, I know that was a spirit of God moving in her life. You get to a place where, hey, I got to let go of all this stuff Here's my Jericho. This is my whole family. This is my whole everything here. My whole life is here. But this is God, man. God's coming in here. I know he's coming in. Boy, I see that sign over there at that Seven day Adventist church. Revelation, the book of hope. I'm still like, what? I drive by it all the time. I'm like, I don't understand that. I mean, are they saying that God's going to kill everybody, and we're going to get to the place out here where the kingdom's coming in, and eventually we'll be okay? And that means after the whole world gets destroyed? I mean, is that the hope they're looking for? I like my hope. is My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I got, I got a day that's coming forward, forward in my life that he's either going to take me out of here at the, the catching away, caught up, the rapture, or I'm going to die, hit the dirt, and, and they're going to do something with me, whatever they do, and I'm gone, and I'm good to go, and I'm with him. I've got something to look for that's a whole lot better than anything else. But to let go of yourself, this world tells you, you gotta have this, you gotta have this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. You gotta, that's the hardest thing you'll ever let go of. Man, I'm telling you what, I remember sitting there at the desk in my office down in Pensacola, Florida, and the carriers were there, and I'm sitting there. Now, I can't even tell you how big that was. To go on that carrier as an EMO, that was huge. When I turned that sucker down, I was fired on the spot. My evals, I'd put them up with anybody in the fleet. That guy fired me on the spot. Why? Because he knew what I just, you could look at those evals, and the detailer told me, he said, Mike, you've been hand-trained to do this. When I turned that thing down, they fired me. They took me out. You say, why? Because I just stomped on their parade. They had this little kid coming up, and they thought they had him. No, they don't have me. You know what the Lord said? You got it, it's yours, you work for it, see you later, bye, I'm going this way. I'm saying, eh, I'm going that way with you. I have no idea what that way is, but I'm going that way. It takes years, that was years ago. You know what I'm still learning? is how, how to let go. It's rough, man, it's rough. The most dangerous place in, experience, in, in the experience of a child of God is the matter of submission of his will or her will. Because this book... If you don't read this book, you'll never get it. You can't get it. It's not something you can come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights and get it. You can't get it that way. You'll get pieces and parts. I've got some great things from sermons. I've got it, but you'll get it in this book. This book. You won't get it any other way. There's no other way to get it. So if you're not going to do this, this message has nothing to do with you anyways. But if you want something from God in your life, this is the place to get it. 43 years I've been trying to get it out of this thing. And I'm still, you know what I'm learning? I'm still growing every day. And it never stops. And the Lord always says, you're an idiot. You're a moron. (laughs) You blew it again. Yeah, I did. Now here, watch this. Because no one would like to have control over his will more than Satan wants over your will. Right there, when usually when a person first gets there, I watch most new Christians within a year or two go off to the wayside. Because they never get to the place where they say, I've got to learn how to let Jesus have it and let go. And just let go. And it takes time to do that. And what they'll do is they'll get offended and go off. And maybe they'll come back in later on down the road or something. I don't know. But you, you have to sit there and hang in there long enough to that thing to take effect. And the devil wants to play right there. If he can get you. These new churches, the hardest thing you'll ever do is try to witness to somebody in some of these new ecumenical churches. Because they have... Salvation. I believe some of them are saved, but most of them probably got the, got the gospel. But as soon as they get there, they go off with music, they go off with the Word of God, change it out of King James Bible, get it, one of these ESV, RSV, NAS, whatever. They'll go off to some. How do you talk to them? Well, I've got the same Jesus you got. How do you it's almost impossible? The devil's done sealed the thing in their lives. Unless the Holy Spirit gets in there and shows them something, they'll never get it. It's almost impossible. You sit there and say, what is that? That's where the devil comes in there. Well, this Bible's just as good as that one. No, it's not. But how are you going to get that thing? You got to learn it. Every believer has the Holy Spirit, but does not control, but he does not control each believer. You, the day you got saved, you said, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I trusted the blood that was shed at Calvary for me. And the day you got saved, you got all the Spirit of God you're ever going to get. I did too. But what happens to a lot of us is we do not let that thing grow inside of us. I've seen people 35, 40 years saved and never grew a bit. And and it's, it's a shame. Maybe they didn't have the training they should or maybe they just would not let go of their will. You know what they'll do? They'll fight themselves. You'll drive yourself crazy. Because the spirit of God is going to be always inside your mind telling you what to do. And you either do what he tells you or you will go crazy fighting him. Because the, I the Spirit of God always tells you what to do, man. I, I mean, I don't know why anybody, I, I laughed at some, so that, some of the, I, I always look back in my life about the things he did, even when I was lost. That one with the car, that was probably, I mean, as a lost person, that was probably the coolest thing he ever did for me. I can still, I've taken my wife to, to Fern Valley and showed her this. Well, they've changed all the intersections and everything now. But I remember getting off of Fern Valley and that, that engine, in line six. I mean, the, the car wasn't worth taking to the junkyard. I mean, the engine going, knock, 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 I mean, it's getting ready to throw a rod. It is getting ready to go, boom, right out the side. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I wish somebody would hit this thing. And this kid had come in. Oh, y'all see Aaron. Aaron came in here with a 68 a uh, Hornet the other day. Beautiful car. Beautiful. Black. Beautiful. That's the way this car was this kid hit me. Not, it wasn't a Hornet like that. But he come, he just got it out of the body shop. Bam! Hit me. And I'm sitting there going laughing on my hood. I, I get out of the car and laugh on my hood. Because I said I just said that, man. I, deja vu. I just, I just said that and it happened. It happened. You know what the Lord was showing me right there? No, it wasn't that I let him hit you because, because I'm trying to get you a new car and I'm going to bless you with a new car and all this other stuff. It's that you ask for something, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask a miss. I wasn't asking a miss. I was just saying my car's about ready to blow up, man. I, I need to do something here. And I couldn't figure out how to buy another one. I said, I ain't got a whole lot of money to buy another one. This is back when I first started driving. I said, I ain't got much. I said, Lord, if, I need somebody to hit me. I don't know if I even said Lord. I, and they hit me and I got the insurance money, got me another car, man. I mean, it's great. Every believer has the spirit, but the spirit does not control each believer. You know how you learn how to let him have control? Stuff like that. He'll start doing stuff like that. And you go, what? What was that? And then you go down the road, and something else will happen. And you go down the road, and something else will happen. And you go down the road, and something else will happen. And then one day, something will wake you up in the middle of the night, like it did me. And it may not be in the middle of the night; it may be in the middle of the day. Who knows? And you'll go out on the back porch, and you'll look at him, and you'll know that you have no. He got you to that place, so that you would do. That's the Holy Spirit. He gets you to that place where you will submit. You had to submit your will to his to get saved. And when you did that, what he did is he saved you eternally. But it don't just stop there. We all think that it stops there. That's just the beginning. If that's where you stop, you have missed it all, man. I've, I've been doing this thing for 43 years. I'm telling you, man, it has, been, it has been a thrill for 43 years. There has been valleys that went on forever, it seemed like. And then they'd peek back up on a little hill and then back down the valley. You say, well, that don't seem no fun. Oh, it is when you know he's walking with you. When you're sitting there and you're still talking to him, say, Lord, this still hurts. Lord, this hurts. Lord, this hurts. He goes, yeah, I know it hurts. He goes, but you're going to rule with me. You're going to reign with me. You're going to have suffer with me. He goes, I'm teaching you how to suffer. (laughs) If you endure it. I like that verse over here. He says, if you endure chastening as a son. I said, Lord, man, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to sit there talking to the pastor of the day. And I said, you know, I sit there and look and say, "Lord, well, if it's me, spank me till the middle of next week. Spank me as long as you got to spank me. I don't care." I said, "If it's me, do what you got to do." David said that. You know where you get that? I got it out of the Bible, right there. David said that. David said, "Lord, why are you hurting these sheep? If it's me, take it out on me." That's Bible. That's, that's your Bible sitting in front of you. If David turned it over to God and let the Lord have it. I'm like, man, so many times we'll get into a place in our lives. And we'll forget that God is still in control. That's the hardest thing you'll ever do. The believer still has this stubborn, rebellious will and his own nature. Don't tell me you don't. I still do, man. I've been doing this for 43 years. I'm 66 here shortly, and I still have that thing. He may not pray. He may not give. He may not witness. He may not surrender. That that doesn't make sense. My dad was... 30 years, man, he would say, 30 years, and, and you've never seen it. You've never known it. I would have never known it. Lord, show me that thing. That is, a born again child of God can obey or resist or grieve the Holy Spirit just as well as a lost person. I mean, brethren, we got, you got it at your fingertips. Do you want a success in life? The success in life will be afterlife. That's where your success will come in. It is not down here. Being a Bill Gates is not of any value. God has gold, Uh, I mean, first of all, this only little planet is in this universe, and I'm sure there's a lot of other planets out there with gold all over. So he don't need your gold, and he don't need your money, and he don't need your brilliance, and he don't need nothing. You know what he needs is you. I would rather be, I tell, say this all the time, I would rather be the beggar at the rich man's gate than the rich man any day of the week. The rich man ends up in hell, and the beggar ends up in Abraham's bosom. That's Old Testament. New Testament, I, I don't even want to be a Bill Gates. I don't want to be an Elon Musk. I mean, I like some of the stuff they do. It's interesting. I don't want nothing to do with that. Why? It takes your life to do it. I've been there, done that, got the T. I I like going to the uh, Lowe's all the time. I put my little credit card in, and uh, they, I said, it's tax exempt. They say, what's their phone number? I tell them. They say, Anchor Baptist Church. And usually I have an Anchor Baptist Church T-shirt on. And I always say the same thing. I say, see, look, Anchor Baptist Church, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And they laugh. And I'm sitting there going, you know, that's the same thing with the Lord. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I already know what the Lord wants. He wants me. He wants me. There is some people that think that somebody else on this planet is not going to give you what you need. That's going to come from him via the Holy Spirit. You can't get it in the way the crowning act of faith is for the believer to renounce his or her will and submit his life to the Holy Spirit. You can't do that any other way than this. It can't, it can't happen. You're going to live your life, and you'll live it 35, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. If the Lord comes back next week, it's, you've got a week, whatever it is. If, if Russia, they said Russia also had it. The reason we had a test isn't that America's always first. Russia did it first, and so since Russia did it, we're going to do it to match Russia. Then we're going to have a nationwide. I was in Kroger's when that thing went off. I didn't even know it was going to happen. Brother Barry told me that today. He goes, "Are you be ready at 2:30 for that phone call?" I'm like, "What phone call?" I thought I thought somebody's going to call me, man. And, and I'm in I'm in Kroger's because Beth goes, "Pepsi's are on sale," and I didn't get you any. That's what kind of my wife is, man. She loves me. She loves me to death. I'm like, why did you call me to tell me that? You're out of Pepsi's at the house, and they're, I'm not going to, I, they're on sale at Kroger's, and I'm leaving Kroger's right now, but I didn't get you any. I'm like, why didn't you? She goes, because my basket was full with all my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, isn't the wife supposed to love the husband and do all this other stuff for the husband? So I had to go to Kroger's to get my Pepsi's. So I got my Pepsi's. And while I was in there, you hear this, all the noise of everybody's phone going off and the, the sound of the speakers and everything. I said, what is, I said, "Really? What is that thing, man?" So I started looking. And it was a it was a national uh, test of the system to let you know that you just got blew up, or you're getting ready to get blown up, or they're thinking about blowing you up, and they think something's got to blow you up. And I'm sitting there going, "Okay, what does that mean to me?" It just means that it bothered me for a minute. Now I probably missed a woohoo deal somewhere, <laughs> brother. I'm telling you what this thing. You know what, if the Lord gets a hold of your heart, you won't care about it. You do, you live your life moment by moment, day by day, and just let the Lord have the thing and he'll do enough stuff. The, the, it, this is not necessary for salvation. You don't have to get. you can get saved, you can get saved, go on. But I'm telling you, you're going to miss, you, I, I can't even begin to tell you what you're going to miss. Because each one of us are different. And what he did for me may not even be nowhere near what you, but it's going to be just as exciting. I can tell you that right now because you're going to get some thrills that you never, ever, ever, ever will get any other way. Uh, and sometimes you'll get some sadnesses and some, some heartache that you'll never get any other way. But like Jim Lynn said, and I'll stop here, the local church, <laughs> you see everyone at their worst. Just remember that. You're going to be just people in distress and debt and discontented, but they don't quit. Because it's going to get better in a couple of days, a couple of years couple eons. (laughs) It's going to get better eventually. It always gets better. It will get better. The Lord will come in and it will get better. And if it doesn't, you'll die and then it will get better. No matter how you look at it, it's going to get better. You know what the Lord does? Everybody, There's people in here with hurts and diseases and and health issues, all kinds of stuff. And you know what you do? You just say, okay, Lord, pray for my brothers and sisters. Bow your head when you hear something. Just say, Lord, help them. They're going through something. Because tomorrow it might be you and they're going to be praying for you. This world don't do that for, for everybody else. They only care pretty much for themselves. I like it, man. I like, I like this thing. This, is, this lesson was out of Alvin Douglas's book, uh, and I'm still going through it. I'm not even nowhere near done it. The absolute surrender is where Satan desires your life. You know what he wants you to do? It's surrender to him, not to the Lord. And he'll do it in a way where he'll give you something that this world has. He tempted Jesus Christ. You ought to go back and read those temptations that he gave Jesus. And one of them was, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you this if you bow down and worship me. You know what worship is? You ought to read your Bible. God comes up and says, Lord, come and heal my, he said he worshiped him. He acknowledged that Jesus Christ was able to do what he said he did. That's worship. It isn't going, oh, Father, we love you. No, 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 no. It's coming to him knowing he is the answer. That's worship. That's true worship. Because it took something for you to get there and you had to let everything else go to know you can't do it, only He can. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, it didn't do much, but Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, this time the world is getting uh, stranger. Just like today, that thing goes off, and, and Lord, I know there may be some people scared about what was done. Uh, Lord, you have full control over it. And uh, the missiles, if they were even going to launch anything, they'd fall out of the sky if you wanted them to. And, uh, Lord, or if they doesn't, who really cares? You have full control of the whole thing. Lord, that's what we need to get in our lives. Lord, we got a couple of young couples in here getting ready to get married. And, Lord, they're going to start off and, and, uh, into a world that we've already been help us to help them uh, get a footing and a st- uh, standing, Lord, that they can uh, survive, uh, Lord, uh, until you come back and get us out of here and raise their families also. Uh, Lord, uh, just a blessing to be having a church on a, a Wednesday night to be at. Uh, just thank you for everything you've done. Bless now, bless the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lou,